Aloha, friends of the Blue Hawaii podcast. How y'all doing? Welcome back. We are back from our Easter slash Passover slash spring equinox. Slash New Zealand amazing plane trip, not a road trip. We, the rest of us were stuck here. Uh, Ryan got to tag along with his wife on their uh, company trip to New Zealand. Uh, you're going to hear all about what a badass time he had. He got some cool interviews with some local Kiwis. They're going to tell us about some cool stuff. Uh, what's going on down there in the southern hemisphere? Down uh, under and over just a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to tell the world I'm nothing to be trifled with. Staying hotter than some rifles. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're... This week is going to be a little bit different episode. Uh, we're actually not recording at my house as we normally do. We are under the banyan trees outside of Iolani Palace because we are that Kanaka. Please direct your complaints to at Ryan Little. It's <laughs> <laughs> at Ryan is Little on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there if you'd like to have some backlash. And please note for the record that at no point in time did Josh Michaels ever claim to be Kanaka anything. But... Uh, since we are since we are talking about New Zealand and our cousins down there in the uh, over in the Polynesian Triangle, uh, what better way for two Pakeha to introduce this show? Right, that's the word, right? Pakeha. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was only there ten days. I didn't learn the language. But oh, you're not Akamai. I got a pretty. I did a pretty good accent. I got. I picked up a good accent just, that an Aussie verified was was pretty legit. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's like if a Canadian says your American accent is good. Well, they know it's not Canadian. Shit, you're right. I'm just saying. Uh, also, also, we've been told we probably shouldn't cuss so much, so darn, you're right. <laughs> well, we'll we'll tone the cursing down a bit. We're going to try. Because no one likes uh, just hearing two angry guys on the radio every week. Unless you're one of the... Millions and millions and millions of fans of conservative talk radio. Conservative talk radio. <laughs> uh, but we've been told that they not be the most successful market growth strategy in Honolulu. So without further ado, please enjoy your cussing free New Zealand recap. So when I landed in Auckland, uh, I immediately did what any good American would do. And McDonald's. I, I went to a restaurant. <laughs> I went to, this is our restaurant shout out of the week, Satya Chai Lounge on K Road in Auckland. Uh, if you're listening and you're from New Zealand, and I know we've got at least two people who listen from New Zealand, go to Auckland, go to Sacha Chai Lounge, ask for Sammy, and tell him just to hook you up. It's amazing. Shout out Christine Lilly, sister-in-law extraordinaire. That means you. You walk into this place. Uh, it's covered in reclaimed wood. His concept is Indian street food. So it's not it's not traditional like curries and naans and things that you'd get you know at another local Indian favorite, say, Cafe Taj Mahal, former restaurant shout out of the week. Himalayan Kitchen. Or Himalayan Kitchen, also tremendous. Or Cafe Maharani, if you can ever get a table there. Why is there always a two-hour wait? Hey, we said no. We said no. We said no yelling. Sorry. Sorry. We, we said no cursing. Uh, so what we're trying to say is no cursing, but the yelling's going up 50%. Very clean, very PG screaming. <laughs> nothing but screaming. Ah, darn it. Ah. It's going to be like a Rush Limbaugh show from here on out. Um, that's not true. But yeah, so you walk in, it's all reclaimed wood. I didn't know what anything is, and much like I do most of the time when I go to an Indian restaurant, I, as a dumb American, I just kind of ask them, hey, what's good? And they give me that. And it was phenomenal. And so after I went there, I found my way, per Sammy's recommendation, to a cocktail bar called Caretaker. And at Caretaker, the concept, 
air quotes, is there is no concept. Basically, you walk in and they ask you, what kind of cocktail do you like? What do you like rum or sorry, what do you like alcohol wise? What do you like? Um, you like sweet, you like bitter, you like dry, whatever it is. And they just kind of make something up for you right there on the spot. Very cool. So I went and met Brian and Brian is a French expat living in Auckland. And he and I chatted a little bit about the drink, a little bit about life. Did you meet on the uh, New Zealand Craigslist misconnections section? It was uh, strictly platonic. So Brian was a little timid about politics. He actually said he tried to stay out of things, but he opened up a bit whenever I asked him about his position on the U.S. and our uh, leadership relative to the rest of the world under President Trump. Without further ado, here's a little bit with me and Brian. What brought you to New Zealand? Newfoundland winter. (laughs) Newfoundland, Canada, yeah? Yes, Newfoundland in Canada. Where are you from originally? Uh, from France, uh, next to Switzerland, like half an hour drive from Switzerland and an hour drive from uh, Italy. But we prefer to say we're closer to Switzerland than Italy because we're French. That's amazing. Uh, is that that's where the Von Trapps were? Like around there? The, which traps? Sorry, the, the Von Trapps, the uh, from uh, Sound of Music. Uh, probably, yeah. Um, not that far, like an hour drive or something like that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what made you want to leave France? French people. Fair enough. Uh, what? How long do you plan on being in Auckland? Um, so far, I plan it to be uh, to be here for two to three weeks, but it's been three years, so I might stick around for a little bit more. Uh, I found love here, so. Oh yeah, uh, that's amazing. That's a great reason. Is she a Kiwi girl or Kiwi guy? Yeah, she's uh, she's Kiwi, um, but uh, Japanese originally. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm from Hawaii, and and I'm also I'm I say I'm from Hawaii. I'm originally not from Hawaii either. I'm interested in in why people move. Uh, you said French people you just didn't like the culture, or what? It's um you know you're young you're a young guy you're in French you want to to see the world. All my mates were going to uh, to London. I heard that London is one of the biggest French city in the world, so I wanted to go further. And yeah, Canada sounds sounds good to me. I always loved the uh, coolness, ski things like that. So. How did you get involved at Caretaker here? I like to drink a lot, um, so that was a good uh, that was a good start for the yeah for the for the job and yeah I just had um, a meeting with um, with the bosses we had like two drinks together and they said oh, do you want to be part of the team and I was yeah. Can you tell me the concept behind Caretaker? So we're trying to do like pre-prohibition uh, style of drink so you see like all the safes around the furniture uh, you want to work like a dodgy basement in Chicago in the 1920s and um, you want to find yourself uh, yeah, around there um, so no menu uh, just ask the bartender what you like what you don't like um, they make something for you if you don't like it you have the right to tell that you don't like it and uh, we get you something else alright so our, our podcast our audience uh, a lot of times we talk about politics and culture I'm curious, what is, how has your opinion of the U.S. changed over the past, say, two years? Uh, so the, the general uh, opinion uh, from, the, from the French people is um, everything's possible, um, the, the best like the worst. Um, I personally, myself, try to step aside of, um, of politics. Um, just because every time I, I talk politics with friends, with family, no matter what, um, it's always like, it's like playing Monopoly. Um, there's always like, everybody's pissed off and nobody wants to talk to each other anymore. So That's why I have no friends. All I do is talk about politics. 
<laughs> but maybe one of the yeah of the things going on yeah. So in 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 your opinion, politics aside, do you feel like America's the United States? Do you feel like our profile in the world has fallen since we elected our current president, or do you feel? I, I know some people don't feel that way. I personally think that things are moving like president have some power but not as much power as uh, we think they have uh, with lots of uh, economics and weight and like uh, between uh, between country um, United States for me has always been like the, um, the strong the, um, the cup of the world you know like if there's something wrong we have to um, to go uh, to go on it is it uh, for justice of the world or is it for oil money we don't know but um, yeah they're here um, they're here for the yeah um, they're here for that. Um, what I love from uh, being French and being in, uh, in, in Canada and I did a few trips in the US is the difference of what people think of, um, of American and uh, what you, uh, you see in America. And I'd like being French, it's like there's a lot of cliche about Americans that are usually not on the, on the nicest, uh, nicest side, but we have same cliche for Italian, English, even French people. Um, but when I went, when I went to yes, I've been amazed uh, by the country. First, the natural beauty of the country. We think American. We think like uh, industry or like or things like that. But there's natural wonders there. And I thought as well, my point of view, it's a country of extreme. Uh, that might be quite rough and quite uh, quite sharp thinking. But I found like people are very wealthy or very poor, very smart or very dumb very funny or very <laughs> very sad um, and you get like all of it uh, it seems like you nailed it <laughs> you went one time and you, you figured the whole country out can we and can we at least both agree even though we don't have to talk about politics Marie Le Pen she sucks definitely yeah it's um, yeah it's definitely something we don't want to, to stay around we should everybody should everybody's moving I, I, I've traveled like yeah, seven different countries in the last in the last three years and I think yeah, if you're open to other, to other people, you don't feel the need to uh, to be afraid of them. I think. And since we're based in Hawaii, if you ever make it to Hawaii, what's the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to drink uh, one of the most famous uh, Mai Tai uh, you were talking to me about earlier, uh, just to see, uh, yeah, to judge. Shout out Bar Leather Apron. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> After talking with Brian, I uh, wandered around a bit and bumped into Samantha. Samantha is a 26-year-old uh hospitality industry worker and we know something about the hospitality industry in Hawaii we know a little bit about it and I uh, had the pleasure of chatting with her about her views on uh, President Trump and Americans leadership in the world spoiler alert nobody likes him that is true can you please say your name Samantha Tridgold Samantha are you from New Zealand yes what is your opinion of the United States over the past, say, two years? I think they're insane. Why is that? Because Donald Trump is somehow in power. What did you think of Barack Obama? I thought he seemed like a halfway decent guy. He probably had some problems and he had some goods. He had ups and downs, but he wasn't entirely psycho. I probably agree with you on that. <laughs> what, is, what is the most alarming thing to you about Trump as a, as a Kiwi? He's like a five-year-old that's sitting in a position of power over an entire nation that is huge. That's a fair thing to say. Um, All right, here's another question. So our podcast records in Hawaii. Uh, If you were to go to Hawaii, what's the first thing you would do? I would dance in like one of those 
cool skirts with the hat, like you know, the little like I can't remember. Yeah, okay. yeah, with the lay. All right. Yes, <laughs> with a coconut bra. That's all I need. Thank you. So throughout the rest of my time there, uh, I did several adventures. Uh, I'll just recap them for you now, Josh, as we're standing here together. Tell me more. Well, day one, I went to Hobbiton <gasps> and uh, made the pilgrimage courtesy of Mike Dunford, friend of the show, general counsel for the pod, BFF of the show, extraordinaire. Off of his recommendation, I went down to Hobbiton. It's in Matamata, New Zealand, and it was pretty dope. I'll share some photos later. The next day, I went to the Waitomo Caves per other friend of the show, Dana Almodova. Shout out Dana Almodova. I rappelled into a 115 foot deep cave from the surface of the earth and then ziplined from there uh, through the dark, through the cave with glow worms all around me. New Zealand's famous for their glow worms. Research the glow worm caves in New Zealand. And uh, then we tubed through an underground river in that cave looking up at the glow worms the entire time uh, while being fed uh, chocolate and also hot chocolate by our tour guides. So chocolate and hot chocolate? That makes warm chocolate for those of you keeping keeping score at home. Um, did you eat the glow worm? Did you eat the glow worms? You should not eat the glow worms. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I don't know why you sound so aggressive about that. Tell me why not. <laughs> Tell me why I shouldn't eat a glow worm. Is it, are they like glow sticks? Yeah, they make you glow, and then you're more easily visible to predators. You ever drink the worm in your tequila? Never. I've always been scared. You'll get a different kind of glow if you catch my drift i'm not sure what that means i'm not either and uh so i did that one day and then uh, i also went to uh Waiheke island and it was amazing we rented electric scooters and putted around the island doing wine tours and stopping at craft restaurants that sounds terrible it was it was as awful as it sounds uh all that to say uh on my final day i found myself looking for something to do my, my wife had already left he- ahead of me and uh, I've made my way to the Auckland War Memorial Museum. Um, it's a museum where, yeah, I guess it was, it was created in the, in the shadow of World War I and then expanded after World War II. And they do a phenomenal job of commemorating uh, the, pe- the lives lost and talking about the causes of the war. Enough with the militant jingoism, Ryan. <laughs> well, the, the, the most impressive thing that I not maybe not the most impressive the most impactful thing that I saw was uh, they have these marble panels that adorn the top level of the museum and they list all the names of the dead from every single war that New Zealand's ever fought in as a country and then they have do they list the names of all the Maori killed by the genocidal British invaders no they do not interesting and what was so what was so interesting about it or what was so impactful about it is there's one wall where all the panels are blank and there's an inscription at the bottom that just says may these panels never be filled and walking through this museum to war essentially a, a, a literal memorial to war and seeing that was pretty pretty moving and makes you wonder why the heck we're getting into the skirmishes that we are uh john bolton would probably think that monument is a liberal pinko 
disgrace. That monument, in John Bolton's view, is meant to be built out even further. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to seven more wars. It won't be his kids dying. No, not at all. And then finally, the last thing I did at the Auckland Museum, probably the most interesting, was I was fortunate enough to catch the last Maori cultural performance of the day. While I was there, I got to see their traditional games. Uh, I saw their, I heard them sing. It was incredible. It it was very different than Hawaiian singing. I, I don't really know how to describe how it was different. Maybe there was more parts to the harmonies or something like that. It just, it felt much more different than what I've seen in Hawaii. This may be a question for actual actual Hawaiian an actual cultural practitioner expert that's probably true they're going to be like no it's the same thing you just only ever heard our like you know one hit wonders or something but the singing was very beautiful it was very it was very uh, enrapturing you kind of find yourself just getting lost in all the different parts and then they showed how people trained they talked about uh, the significance of their different styles of dance essentially what we would think of as hula uh, but I think there's a different Maori word for it that I don't know that they they used Careful colonizer. Yeah. And then I was fortunate enough to speak with one of the performers at the very end. His name was T. T was a 20-year-old practitioner of the Maori culture. It was his full-time job working at the museum as a performer. He told me he'd been doing his dance and battle training since four years old. And he was very knowledgeable about just about everything. Uh, A little bit shy once I started recording, but I gave him a chance to kind of speak his mind and you know even I, I wanted to see you know what the similarities were between Maori and Hawaiian culture because there's there's so many I mean down to like words like when I was looking at the I was going to the bathroom it was like the women's bathroom was for wahine which is like uh you see these you see these linguistic similarities you know that the two groups probably came from the same place at some point I mean the 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 land that the Maori are said to be descended from is Hawaiiki which is like it was very cool. It's a little close. It's close. I get it. Yeah. So it was very cool. Um, anyways, talk to T, and here's what he had to say. Tell me your name. Okay. So my name is Tilhamoi. My name here at Hinariki. A lot of people call me T. All right, T. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Um, so T, I just watched you do like this amazing Maori cultural performance. Can you tell me? We we're, were talking a little bit about Maori and uh, Native Hawaiian similarities and and like what the cultures are going through. Can you kind of give me your opinion on a culture in Hawaii that's trying to kind of move back into the mainstream versus the Maori, which are very present already everywhere you go in New Zealand? Uh, I, I guess in terms for Hawaii, uh, well, number one, uh, we share a lot of similarities in terms of culture, customs, um, even linguistic, um, linguistic language. Sorry, was your question Basically, can you tell me, I mean, in Hawaii, they're trying to go right now into this like movement towards Native Hawaiian sovereignty and yeah. reclaiming cultural practices. But in New Zealand, it seems like the Maori have already done that. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Um, well, actually started in the 1800s with all our ancestors, so about 1814, you know, with the signing of our treaty, Treaty of Waitangi. Um, so it actually started then, so, and uh, uh, a lot of ancestors actually fought right back from then for um, for us, really, for our culture to be alive. And I consider Māori to be quite lucky, actually. 
Um, what, when you say you fought for the culture to be alive, what were the... Just like all indigenous cultures say, there was, there was a period of time and, you know, we were nearly annihilated or... You like know, the colonizers the tried colonizers, to wipe you yeah, guys out. They said it was an expression act there. Um, How, what did they do when, when they tried to annihilate the culture? Like in Hawaii, they, like they uh, banned use of the Hawaiian language. Um, they banned writing the Hawaiian language. Yeah. They banned a lot of the cultural practices. What did they do here in New um, Zealand? We have say a lot of say um, it was actually forbidden to speak the language. Um, you were actually punished if you speak the language and or practiced it as well. That's and that's when the introduction of um, the the performing arts come into play. Um, it wasn't much of disguise, but it it was a. Through Māori performing arts, it was a way for one or the younger generation to get more engaged with their, their culture. Sure. Two, and in terms of being colonised, that stance of just performing wasn't as uh, wasn't a staunch approach. Wasn't Even, as threatening. Yeah, threatening. Absolutely. So how? Okay, here's my question. In, in Hawaii, I've, I've met several uh, Māori people. I've been very fortunate on this trip. I've only been here about ten days, but I keep bumping into really cool Māoris. In Hawaii, the language, the Hawaiian language is, is dying. I mean, not many people speak it, but it seems like here most, almost all the Maori I've met speak Maori. How did that happen when they tried to wipe it off of yeah, the um, face of the country? <laughs> well, now it is considered a, 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 an, like an official language, official language just, mm-hmm. uh, alongside of sign language as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is really a hard, that is a pretty <laughs> hard question to ask. Do people just fight harder? Did they just fight harder to keep it alive? And, yeah, yeah. yeah, I see that, but I, I don't want... Because a lot of other indigenous cultures thought it's just as hard as mm-hmm. well. But uh, in terms of you know, Māori cultures as well, a lot of... Um, we actually get a lot of people from over different countries more mm-hmm. in, interested in our language more than own sometimes as well. <laughs> okay. And so they have a big a big part in terms of the revitalization okay. of the of the language. Interesting. Um, so interest from other places help drive it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and such as um, all our native and indigenous cultures from oh, and the Polynesian Triangle as well. Um, I have another question. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So. The native land is called Hawaiki. Hawaiki, yeah. Obviously, that sounds very similar. It's a Hawaii. To Hawaii. Absolutely. So, uh, are, is the Maori culture and Hawaiian culture, are they birthed out of the same? Absolutely. So, uh, I know for a fact we landed up in Hawaii first in the north, and we, we were one of the last um, um, people to settle. Oh, the, New Zealand was one of um, the last countries to be settled. Um, like 1350 or something like that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. About around that. It's quite interesting because in Samoa they acknowledge the same place and it's called Savai. And if you trans- mm. if there's a transliterate for Hawaii, mm. Hawaii as well. And I believe um, before they arrived to Hawaii, I'm not sure. This is some Fiji, speculation. Right? Yeah, and Fiji, Fiji as well. Tahiti, I feel like is um, yeah, that's, that's how you fell his name, Hawaii. And we call it Hawaii, Samoa call it Savai. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of mention of this quite huge. Historical yeah. land mass that still can't find, but uh, it's speculated to be somewhere southeast of Asia because yeah. there's a lot of linguistic um, similarities and customs with Taiwanese as well. Mm-hmm. With Taiwanese? Taiwanese, yeah. No way. I had no idea. And Malaysians as well. What? Absolutely. That's so yeah. Cool. So Maori were basically like the most badass of all the Malaysians. <laughs> oh, yeah, you put it that way. <laughs> they were like, yeah. yeah, fine, whatever. I'll go sail and find an island. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And. You said you've been doing this for since you were four or five years yes, old. How old are you now? I'm now 20, so I've been so doing 15 this for yeah, about 15 years. Wow. Uh, is this a full-time job? Absolutely, this is a full-time job. I've been here for about three years, straight out of high school. I was a Where'd you go to high school? 
I went to high school in James Cook High School, so that's South Auckland. Okay. And then I also um, perform and represent my um, tribal groups, and so they, we had these regional competitions every year, national competition every second year. I've, this Māori culture has taken me travelling around the world. Best thing is being, um, it was all for free. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people uh, like to pay, not just for Māori, but Hawaiians and, and a lot of cultures perform for you. So one of my best friends back in Hawaii, his name's uh, Kona Kaaihue, shout out Kona. Um, he does the same thing. He goes all over the world sharing uh, Hawaiian culture and like cultural exchanges. He always like leaves a message for people. Is there a message that you would have for Hawaiian people if you were able to speak to all of them at one time? Yeah, just um, hold on to your culture and it is who you are. So um, embrace it and love it. And yeah, that's all I can say. Thanks, T. Yeah, Appreciate you. it, man. What were you doing when you were four years old? Watching Rugrats. And Speaking of Rugrats, yeah? uh, I just want a special shout out to your wife because you're pregnant. Surprise! <laughs> no, special shout out to the, uh, the Rugrats Passover episode, which uh, double shout out. F- featured heavily in our uh, celebrations this Saturday. It's very instructive. Uh, excuse me, last Friday. Very instructive. Yeah, tell me. Okay, so uh, that's what I did in New Zealand. What did you do while... while we were apart from each other. Let's see what 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 happened. Uh, it was was the Rugrats Passover episode like your instructions for how to be Jewish? Because for me, it was that, uh, and then you know Rugrats Hanukkah too. Rugrats Hanukkah was huge. Uh, but looking back on it, like the best instruction and better than you know any ordinary reading of the Book of Exodus. Fievel? No. no. Uh, DreamWorks cinematic masterpiece and Joseph Prince of Egypt. Just well. Okay, let me, let me stop you right there. They did two movies. One of them is Prince of Egypt. The other one is called Joseph, King of Dreams. Oh, I mashed them up. Joseph uh, and Moses, not the same person. You know, I, I guarantee you I knew that. I don't know where, where Prince of Egypt... Yeah, I, I'm with you, I'm with you. No, no, but... I never watched either of them. Well, you, I'd have never seen Joseph, so save your time, but <laughs> Prince of Egypt, man. Go watch Prince of Egypt, and you'll think, well, why is everybody always talking about, you know... Disney and Pixar, Disney, Pixar, Disney, Pixar. Nah, it's DreamWorks, son. Yeah. DreamWorks for life. Let my people go to the movies. <laughs> so I think you were telling me that you had a Seder this past week? I did. We did a, the first ever inaugural, my wife and I, uh, the what we dubbed Broke-Ass Millennial Seder 2018. Okay. Or actually, I guess, is what should be Broke-Ass Millennial Seder 5778, uh, going by the... <laughs> Hebrew calendar, but you know, either way, it all evens out. I thought you were going to say, broke-ass millennial Seder 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Forever. Tradition. It means that there is a future after 2018. That's true. And as we know, uh, it makes sense that it would be 57, because like, because like God created the world like 6,000 years ago? 6,000 years ago, no more, no less, according to Roy Moore. Yeah. That's all we're going to say about Roy Moore. Uh, oh, and right on cue, it's actually starting to rain on us, listeners. So, uh, as one parting shout-out, as always, we want to give a major shout-out to Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise! They got all your homebrewing needs uh, to make beer, wine, cider, fermented foods. Go on down there, tell Bill that Ryan and Josh talked to... That Ryan and Josh... We talked about... We told you to go to Homebrew in Paradise... Down, you know, right across the street from Fenway Park on Yawkey Way, you get the best beer, hops, cider, 
fermented food, whatever you want to make, in your keg, go on. Yankees suck. It's super easy. You won't regret it. Uh, wicked, wicked good. Wicked good beer. Wicked good Just beer. like Sam, makes Sam Adams look like dog piss. Yeah. I tell you what. Oh, sorry. We're not supposed to curse anymore. Uh, uh, piss is a, is a yeah. kind of a soft curse word. Okay. Especially, uh, interesting thing. Oh, 740 Motovaa Street. Kalihikai. Kalihikai. Piss is a Fucking soft... sucker. <laughs> he said cork. He said cork. Uh, this is a... Uh, Piss is like a like a soft curse word yeah. in in like mainstream Christian culture. Like people like the the angriest meanest thing you can say is like a Southern Protestant is I'm pissed off. I'm, <gasps> it's but like he's real PO'd. People really have gotten on board with being okay with piss though. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why that is what it is, but it is. Listeners, what's your favorite swear word? What's your favorite soft swear word? Let us get in touch. Let us know. Make us a make us an Instagram video of you swearing at us. Curse our names. Curse the names of our loved ones. We want, to, we want to hear from you. All right. Uh, and with that said, a tree just like pissed on my face. So Blue Hawaii Podcast, thank you for listening. Enjoy the lovely Honolulu weather. Stay dry. Shoots. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.